definitely here. It's kind of cold out right now. I'm all snuggly in my hoodie and my uh, Ghostbusters pajama pants. Tom, what are you wearing right now? A Speedo. <laughs> nice. How's your week been? Uh, very busy. I've been working a lot of overtime. Mm. Very nice. It's very late. We're doing this very late and spooky out. It's funny that you say that because I made you listen for the other, uh, well, in case you wouldn't listen to the last few ones, I thought that there was something moving around in the uh, backyard and we had to pause the show because I thought it was a bear. Mm -hmm. We ended up not finding it, but I did have confirmation that there are coyotes out there because Joe did hear them. I did. Yeah, they were howling or whatever the fuck they do. Yelping. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not alone out here. Scary. Hopefully it's not aliens. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't be talking that shit. I'm sorry. Alright, so last week we kind of left off on a little bit of a cliffhanger where I gave Tom a hint of what the show would be because we planned it weeks in advance and he had no idea. So, this week I decided to do a little uh, wordplay, I guess, with Tom just so he could figure out what it is. So, Tom, are you ready? Yeah, because I still don't know what this episode is about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to... So. I will give you a hint. I'll be like blank something. And you got to fill, fill in the space, I guess. Ready? Okay. Okay, here we go. Number one. I got stung by a blank. A bee. Okay. Blank Arthur was in the Golden Girls. Sexy woman, B. <laughs> B. Arthur, correct. Blank, aggressive, blank, blank, aggressive. <laughs> I'm gonna get my uh, my uh, dancer gone retarded, and I'm gonna say B. Okay. I'd really love to know what you're getting at with this. <laughs> this week on the show, we're gonna be talking about blank movies. Porno? No, Tom. We're talking about B-movies this week on the show. Oh. It's a, this is a family podcast, Tom. We're not, we don't oh, talk about so, that well, stuff. Well, got excited when, you, when I thought of that, so. We're talking about B-movies. It, it's about B-movies, because I do love B-movies. Yes. I don't even need any I don't need any uh, research into this. I have a, I am a plethora of knowledge. This is a show that me and you have kind of discussed talk, doing for quite a while, I would say. And, you know, we always kind of got put in the back burner for other stuff. And then with the Halloween season, I, we felt it was appropriate to kind of do this. Since most B-movies are horror movies. For the most part, I would say. Yeah, I mean... They're more known as horror movies. But a lot of them aren't. But, yeah, but I think I think when people think of a, a B-movie or a Grindhouse movie, they're very violent for the most mm -hmm. part. Or they're like an exploitation type of movie. Right, right. So you can have a uh, sexploitation, blackploitation. There, there's essentially a, a jailhouse ploitation. There's a million different genres in that. But I, I, I do love B-movies. I'm very excited about this now. Now, in the past, me and you have always kind of discussed what makes a B-movie. What makes a movie a B-movie? Um, I think we both agreed on the fact that it's low-budget. It's low budget. It's not 
like a widespread release. Although I have a few on my list on my list here that could be considered widespread releases. They were kind of big movies, but I think they had that B movie feel. Um, okay. What about you? Like, what do you think? What is other other some traits for a B movie? Uh, to me, it's usually terrible um, special effects. Mm-hmm. Which make them great. A vast amount of nudity. <laughs> Usually, something so outrageous in the storyline to actually get into the nitty gritty of it. Something you know, like you would never think of, but they make it work together. Or it's usually it could be a parody of something. That's what I was gonna say. Like knockoffs. Like there's gonna be yes. a there's a ton out there, especially in the '80s, that kind of ripped off other movies, and and uh, we'll get to that. Um. I don't think B-movies exist that much anymore. I mean, I think there's one company that pretty much puts them out left and right, and we'll get to that company. But uh, for the most part, like, a lot of shit just gets kind of released to video on demand, and it just kind of lays out there. There's no really grindhouse theaters anymore. There's Yeah, it, now it seems like... The drive-in's kind of dead. Yeah. It's with the... With the internet, it made it a lot more easy to watch these on, like, a YouTube or a, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, uh, like, a Hulu type of thing? Uh, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? I can't Streaming? think of it right now. Streaming. Streaming network. So, I know that there's one for horror movies. I mean, it, it's a different feel, too, because the other part about it was... It was usually a lower production when it comes to film quality. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's in HD now. It, I think it. I, I would love it if a movie company would go back to like 35 or 16 millimeter and record with that grainy type of feel to it. I I, th- I would love to have movies like that. But, um, I don't remember. If it, it wasn't HD, but um. Quentin Tarantino filled that film that movie uh, The Hateful Eight in like a uh, kind of like I think it was like eight millimeter kind of thing. If I if I if I maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think some filmmakers still do that. But it, I mean they're obviously big budget, so they're not the same. Yeah, I mean it's done more for the aesthetics of it, not mm-hmm. for the authenticity. Right. And. That's what you need. Like, I want a company that it just—it's not a novelty that this is going to be that way. They did that with that, uh, with that Grindhouse movie. Yeah, so that came out what fifteen years ago. Would it have been that long? It's, I yeah, mean, I it's—it's it's been a while. But I—I I loved that. It was um, there, it was Death Proof, and there was something else. It was uh, there was two of them. They like they were like back to back. They released them in the theaters, and I liked that they had like little trailers in there. Um, for, like, upcoming movies, but they're all, like, these, like, B-grindhouse movies. I think it was, like, Thanksgiving, where, like, some guy was killing people on Thanksgiving kind of thing. Yeah, uh, Eli Roth had something in there. Yeah, that. there was a bunch of stuff. I like that, and I kind of wish they'd, um, a lot more directors have done that, and, but there's really not been anything since. Yeah, I'm writing down my list right now, and... Well... It's an extensive list I'm writing. Yeah, that's... Because <laughs> all these are right on the tip. Like, I, I, I could just keep writing. 
So do you do you want to kick us off, or do you want me to kick us off? Because I have a list. I've got a list too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Okay, yeah, because I don't even know where to start. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out. This, you know, what, let's throw this out this way. I'm gonna go with the, if you will, it's a a B movie feel, but maybe on a bigger budget. Okay, now, all right. Let's start like that. Or it is... Yeah, I'm just going to go that way. Yeah, go, that's fine. Um, Alright, let me think right here. Alright, I'm going to go with this. And this is a newer movie. I'm going to throw it out to be there. Okay. And that is uh, Sharknado. Hmm. It spawned a bunch of sequels. Mm-hmm. Extremely campy, extremely corny. But has that... that it's shot with, um, you know, very good camera work. You know, it's quality wise. Horrible it's CGI. B movie feel. <laughs> it's a horror movie. Yeah. And I, I, what I like about it, and it, this what I think adds to the B moviness of it, is the fact that they have like cameos from people in it. Yeah. So it adds that little bit of. I yeah I I enjoyed that first one a lot. Like it, it, you're right, it was very like it was stupid. It was on uh, it was on Sci-Fi Network, right? Correct. Okay, yeah, and it had uh, Ian Ziering. Um, who else was in that movie? Uh, Tara Reid. Tara Reid. That's I knew it was some it girl that wasn't it anywhere. Tara Reid, a few a few others, and I did I liked it a lot. Like this, it was just like this. I mean, it was a it really was just a tornado full of sharks, and they just killed people. It was very bloody. Um. I hate. I think that sort of became it became hugely popular, just because it was just so silly and just so crazy. And eventually, they, you're right. They made like sequel after sequel, and I think there was like seven of them. <laughs> yeah, I watched them all. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Of course, I did. Yeah, is Ian Ziering in all of them? <laughs> yes. I remember this, he got ate by a shark in the first one, and then he like chainsawed himself out of the shark. <laughs> Which is obviously a major plot point in any type of B movie. Right. Yeah, so I like that one. Um, all right, if you, you want to go one for one, or you want me to kind of list off my? I got like three right now. Um, be fall into this category. I'll, I'll um, four. I'll go. Let's do one for one. I'll give you time to make your little list. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your trend that this is a big budget movie, but it was uh, it has it definitely has a B movie feel. Um, it's also one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, that is Tremors. Okay. Um, came out in 1990. Budget was 10 million, so I mean it's a, it's a de- 1990. It's a big budget movie. Um. But basically, it's Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. They play like these two buddies uh, who are out in this little town of perfection, and people are they start seeing pe- dead people places like you know just coming like they're it's stuck in the ground and whatnot. And it turns out this these big sandworms are living under the ground and eating people <laughs> by hearing their vibrate, almost like a land jaws. Okay. If you can kind of compare it. Um, 
this also just spawned multiple sequels. I think uh, the last one came out not too long ago on Netflix. I think it was like the sixth or seventh Tremors, but and they all star the dad from uh, from uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, not Family Ties. Oh my God, <laughs> Michael Michael Gross. Oh no, it is Family Ties. I'm sorry. Yeah, family, it's Alex Keaton. Okay. Yeah, I get growing pains and family ties mixed up all the time. <laughs> okay. But uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I had to throw it in there because even though it was it was a theatrical release and it just had a B-movie feel, it didn't do well in theaters, but it became huge on home video, which is where I first seen it. <clears throat> um, big, huge uh, rental <coughs> Sorry, I got like a something stuck in my throat. No problem. Um, uh, it could be. Okay. Uh, but uh, and, and yeah, Kevin Bacon is a big name. I mean, it's not like this was very Friday big name. Thirteenth. Yeah, no, this no. wasn't Animal House. Mm-mm. This was he was established at this point. Absolutely, but if you look at that cast, I mean, Fred Ward had some roles. Um, Reba McIntyre, everybody knows Reba McIntyre, but not known as an actress. Michael Gross is a TV guy for one, known for pretty much one series, and everyone else is. Oh, and the uh, the the the, the uh, I don't know if he's Chinese or Japanese. The old guy, I think he was in um, Big Trouble in Little China. He was in uh, Three Ninjas. Yes. Um, so but he's has like a B movie feel to him. That guy. Um, yeah, but it just it. Again, didn't do well in theaters and just became huge afterwards. and has a huge cult following and it's, it's very beloved to this day. But again, just had that feel to it. And I had I had to include it. I like it. Thank you. I'm, I'm breaking this down. I, I do have like subcategories that, that we have here. Um, I guess I'll go with the next one. And one of my favorite... Uh, action figures growing up, and that would be Masters of the Universe. Ah, I had that in mind, too. Not so much, I mean, bad special effects, bad acting, bad kind of plot, but, like, it had all the makings for it to be good, and it just wasn't. Now, were you a big He-Man fan? Oh, huge. Huge. I was, I had, I mean, that was, like, the first thing I was ever really into, and I was, like, really into it in its heyday, so I was, like, four or five. I had pretty much every fucking figure and every playset for those figures. I had Castle Grayskull. I had Snake Mountain. I had Eternia, which came in this huge box that had, like, yeah. a lion head. I think it's, it's worth so much on eBay these days because it was so rare. Um, but you're right. It, it, I mean, it was a... I mean, Dolph Lundgren was just coming off Rocky Four, So yeah. he was pretty decent. And Frank, uh, Frank Langella, who is, like an actor actor like he's like he just yeah. he did that frost nixon movie years just not too long ago maybe like 10 years ago maybe a little longer skeletor. yeah he was skeletor in, in master universe and it just had a b you're right it was just it's a b movie <laughs> through and through it's a b movie it's just very like sci-fi and silly and just all these other things May I throw one in, and I don't know if you want to count it as a movie, but it has the same feel as Masters of the Universe. Sure. And again, it's not a movie per se, but Captain EO. Michael Jackson? 
Yes, to me... That was a movie? I mean, it's like a short, I guess you could say. It's a short film. I thought it was a full movie. No, no, it was only like 17, 18 minutes. But it gives you that feel of a B-movie. Was it just a movie for Smooth Criminal? (laughs) Like, you know, Thriller was like a mini-movie? No, it was just, it was its (laughs) own thing. It was set up to be a... uh, uh, Exhibit at uh, Disneyland in right Epcot um, or in Epcot mm-hmm. at uh, what is it uh, the future one? Yeah, it was in Epcot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't they, but didn't they have uh, like little sections in there? In Epcot, no. Ep- uh, Disney uh, um, Magic Kingdom has all those sections. Epcot is just pretty much Epcot. Like you have the rides, and then you have the countries, and that's pretty much Epcot. Okay, I was thinking, uh, I can't think of it, but whatever. But yeah, that to me, that would be about, I, I just wanted to throw that in there, because they're, they're very much similar. We could talk anyway. about that. I, I, I remember going to Disney World, uh, like, summer of 94, and they closed it. They closed it maybe, like, a few weeks prior, because, well, there were a lot of allegations getting Michael Jackson in the summer of 94. And I believe they recently reopened it. They did. Re- I was there actually. I got dragged to that fucking hellhole. Oh, you so you've seen it? I remember seeing it as a little kid. Oh, okay. And then I saw it again, and then they closed it. They closed it down like within, I think, a few weeks after we were there. So I was like in there for one of the last showings. Was it? I never got to see it at Epcot. Again, I like saw it twice at Epcot. Yeah, the one time. I, I was there one time when it was there, but we didn't go do it. And then the, the second time in 94 we went, it, it was closed. And I just never really had an opportunity to see it again. But, um, so it, it did you like it? <laughs> I always loved it. I did. I, I won't lie. I always liked it, but that's just me. Did they play Smooth Criminal? No, they do not. Oh, okay. There I thought they two, did. There was two songs in there that they played, um... That were for that. They were they were they were written for the the, the mini film. If you right. Will. So interesting. All right. Yep. <laughs> All right. So um, I'll kind of keep with this trend we're going right now. I know you've said we've we've discussed if this was technically known as a B movie. I'm gonna go with They Live. Um, starred Roddy Piper uh, and uh, is it Keith, Keith David or David Keith? I forget how how his name. Was it the white one or the black? one? The black one, yeah. Because there's two. There's a white guy and a black guy, and they both have the same name, but it's reversed. Yes, they're reversed. It's uh, it's like I, Cameron Jordan and Jordan Cameron. Exactly. <laughs> it is Keith David. One, yes. Um, I love I love this movie. It's probably one of my favorite B. I consider it a B movie. I know. You, People kind of say it isn't because it's John Carpenter, but yes. John Carpenter. I mean, Halloween aside, he did, he also did Hell Comes to Frog Town, which is a very B movie, and that was done after Halloween, also starring Roddy Piper, um, which is on my list. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, do you want to just kind of talk about that after they live then? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So well, I didn't want to put they live on there because I figured you would have it. And you you were correct. Ooh, I just farted. <laughs> so they, yes. so they live. So Roddy, he has no name in the movie. I think his name is Nada, which is no name. 
They never even say his name. In the credits, it says Nada. And he is like a drifter. He's working on some... He gets a job, like, doing construction or something like that. And across the street, there's, like, a... Uh, uh, not a... Ch- I guess kind of like a church. He goes across the street to this church into, the, like, the little closet room. And he finds all these sunglasses. He puts these sunglasses on and he sees that all the people in this church are really aliens. And the whole movie is basically about, like... Uh, Consumerism and how, like, uh, the media is um, basically hiding, like, the aliens, technically, are hiding these hidden messages within the news and billboards and television. It's very, it's very interesting, and it, it really, you could really watch it today, and it definitely kind of relates to stuff that's going on today, yes. even. Um it also contains one of my favorite fight scenes of all time between Roddy Piper and Keith David, where they just have like this alleyway brawl, like, and it's just like you could very, it's very choreographed, but like they just kind of beat the shit out of each other, and there's like no music. It's like it looks like a legit fight, and I always kind of love that. And it's like five, it's like five minutes long. He wants, yeah, they said that. I think it took them forever to film this. Yeah, because and and it's I think it's very well done because it yes. looks like a it looks like a legit fight. It's not like a Hollywood fight. It's like, I mean, obviously, I'm sure it helps with Roddy Piper being a professional wrestler, um, but I always really love that scene, and it spouts one of the uh, a famous quote from. Um, you know, I came here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Which you could probably say is the one of a very famous quote that people probably have no clue where it came from. I agree they with that. It, they laughed, and they took it, and they're like, I'm going to use this from now on. I think millennials will no say it, and it you're from. right. And unless you've seen that movie, you probably, you've probably said it, you probably heard people say it, but you might not know where it comes from, and it originated in this movie, as far as I know. And I, I think someone said that that was ad lib. You know, it probably. I think I heard that somewhere too, and it wouldn't really surprise me. Again, it's I Roddy think Piper. Piper. Did have a, 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 you know, a mouth on him. So yeah, he did. He was quick witted, and I th- and I, like I think Carpenter let him kind of get away with a lot of ad libbing in that movie. Yeah. But yeah, excellent movie. I didn't put it on my list because I knew you were probably going to throw it out there. Um, but I went with the opposite of it, and Hell Comes to Frogtown, which would be Roddy Piper's, I would say, second most famous movie. Another John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. It's essentially about, I, I don't know if it's a, I think it's, is it a nuclear holocaust? Um, yeah, it's, like a po- what, it's very post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic, that would be a better term. Yeah. That happens, um, pretty much all men are considered sterile now except for a very few chosen. And one of the um, characters is Roddy Piper. His name is Hell on it. I forget what his uh, first name is. Okay. But he comes and he's there to impregnate all these women, and there are alien frogs that are there to stop him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a, just a, you know, <laughs> a run-of-the-mill, you know, one, one million, $100 million movie, you know, plot like that. Yeah. Now, every every uh, movie uh, studios out there looking to push this one out. Mm. I've seen I've seen it once. Yeah, it's it's, it's decent. Yeah, 
again, not a bad movie. If you, I guess maybe we should throw this disclaimer out. If anyone's going to listen to this or take this list and watch these movies, you really need to not think about it. You got to go in that you're you're absolutely right. Don't go in thinking these are going to be some masterpiece movies. I mean, and some of them, in my opinion, are. Yes. But if you go in thinking it's, you're going to watch a great film, you're going to leave very disappointed. You got to go in knowing what you're going to get. Very open-minded and mm-hmm. very have expectations low, if you will. Yeah, go in for a laugh. Yes, that'd probably be the best. Not all of them, but for most of these, like just you know, get with some buddies, have a few beers, and and watch and watch some of these. Cause I think uh, that's probably the best way to watch it. It's just to go, you're right, like, no expectations with these. Yeah. Um, are you done? Yes. Okay. I'm going to stick with Carpenter. And you could debate me if you think this is a B-movie or not, but it has the makings of a B-movie and it has the soundtrack of a B-movie. And that is um, Escape from New York. I have it on my list. Um, I love the premise of this movie. It takes place in, it was made in the early 80s, but it takes place in 1997. And in 1997, Manhattan has mm-hmm. become, um, like, colony. yeah, pretty. It's like a prison. They send all the the um, the criminals there, and they walled it off. Yeah, they walled it off, and the um, Snake Plissken, who is played by Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. he has to go in and rescue the president of the United States, and he has to do it in 24 hours. He's injected with a uh, a poison that will kill him. Yeah. And he has to rescue, again, a John Carpenter muse in Donald Pleasant. Yes, that's, yeah, that's right. He is the president. <laughs> and a big nod to this movie, and it's one that I always liked, especially after the fact, is he has to fly in on a glider, and he lands on the uh, Twin Towers. The, oh, see, I don't remember that, but yeah, I guess you're right. He does. Um, it, it's a, it's a great movie. Um, I know they've kind of talked about re- remaking it several times over the years. I hope they never do, because you'll just never get the feel of how this movie's made. Um, they did come out of the sequel in the '90s, Escape from L.A., yes. which it, it it's it's okay. It's pretty much the same premise as Escape from New York. Yes. I think he's saving the president's daughter this time around, or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh. It, it, it's it, it is what it is. Feel. Yeah, you don't need to watch Escape from L.A. If you really like the mo- Escape from New York and you love the character of Snake, watch it. But um, this is I, I think this is a, if I had to recommend one John Carpenter movie besides Halloween and besides They Live, I'd probably go with this. Yeah, excellent movie. Yeah, it's very good. All right, I'm gonna throw out two and. Again, it's hard to say they're B-movies, but what spawned from them makes them, if not a B-movie, a cult classic, Mm -hmm. but they have that B-movie feel. One of them would be Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. Ah, all right. A comedy, not, you know, again, not all B-movies are horror. It it just, it's campy, it's, it's silly, it just gives you that thing, and it, and it sat there and launched probably one of his earliest things next to this is really kind of what pushed him into the mainstream next to with bosom buddies he was in a few other movies early on mm-hmm. that were 
definitely B movies, but this was the one that kind of I think shot him to where he was. Was this before? This was before Big, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this was like the early to mid '80s. Right. I don't, and I don't have years for these again because I just kind of wrote the list down. I, if I would have known, because I couldn't think, um, what what the guess was last week. Sorry, Tom. I would I would have had a little more. <laughs> so, uh, Bachelor Party is that one, and I'm going to go with my other one, which is going to round out my um, movies that are in this genre, if you will, mm-hmm. of it being a borderline B movie, possibly a mainstream, and. Mad Max, the original. Yeah. I didn't have that, but I didn't even think about it. So that's that's a really good one. And I think after this one, they became more mainstream, especially beyond Thunderdome. Yes. But the first one is... It, it, it's, it's, it's weird because the, the, the second... The second one and the third one, they, are, they definitely have more of a post-apocalyptic feel. This one sort of does, but it doesn't. Because yes. there's a big population still, and he's yes, this and is I, almost I, like it, this one actually probably would have been better if it was almost like a prequel. Like they had the second one, mm-hmm. and then they put this one out to explain the storyline. Yeah, because this one he's still a cop. Mm-hmm. Or he's like a he's not a cop, right? He's or maybe he is a cop, but he's like mm-hmm. he's like a special kind of cop. Yeah, they, well, it's Australia, so yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> they do everything upside down down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that one that one would be in there. I threw that one in. That gets me out of the... Now we're going to get into more of what I consider more the hardcore B-movies. Okay. So, I don't know if, um, how your list is, but I guess maybe if I could throw it out and see if you have anything on this. These are... The originals. They've been remade. So these were the original movies. They were B-movies. And then, because Hollywood can't think of anything new and fresh, they re-imaged these, which you love. They they rebooted them into more mainstream movies. But at the time, these were B-movies. So a lot of where you get these, you know, where movies now made a lot of money, in the beginning, they didn't. They were in grindhouses. They were not popular. Mm -hmm. These were the original and spawned more. Okay. I, I don't know if you have any on the list, and I'll, I'll throw out one um, right now just to kind of get the ball rolling, see where, if, you, if you're not understanding where I'm coming from, kind of see where I'm going. Mm-hmm. All right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They remade it, but the original one was on a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. It was with unknown actors, and it really spawned this was kind of probably the original slasher movie, mm. but as a but it wouldn't be considered a slasher movie. It was a B movie. I wouldn't call it a slasher. It I think it's straight up horror. Um, okay. slasher has a it's like such a slasher when you think of a slasher movie it's always like a knife. Think yes. of a knife like sla- Texas Chainsaw was just a brutal movie. Yes. Brutal in terms of like how like the victims die and just mm-hmm. the premise of it. Like it's it, you're right. It's very B, very grungy. Um, 
it just has that feel of just like you're watching it and the I don't know if it was just because it it was a low budget film but like you feel uncomfortable yes if that makes sense yeah like and it was originally promoted that it was a true story mm-hmm and it gave you that like uncertainty like is this real could this have happened and it really hits home on that B movie feel and again they remade this they they redid it in the they would it be the early 2000s they re late uh, 2000s? it's funny cuz this this franchise to me is something that went so off the rails because They've remade it, and they've re- they've. There's so many movies to it. There's no timeline to these movies at all. You had the first one, which is a bona fide classic. Yeah. You had the second one, which was directed by Dennis Hopper, which had a different take on it. Um, and I remember just not liking it at all. Um, then you had one, the Texas Chainsaw, the new, the Next Generation, or something like that. I think it had like Matthew McConaughey and Renee Renee Zellweger, which was in the '90s. Then you got it rebooted with Jessica Biel, which, which really, in my opinion, is one of the fir- like that really kickstarted them to really start remaking shit. Yes, because before that, like you kind of just had. You know, I had the screen movies and this and that, but they kind of redid Texas, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with her, and it became such a success that Hollywood said, oh, well, let's just remake everything. And so they yeah. really took... A, when I go through my list, you may not even realize how many there are. I got a ton on here. I'm sure you do. these remakes. Yeah. And it's all based off of B-movies. Right, right. I don't have that... Many remakes, I don't think. Um, well, I could do, I can throw off one. I think it's a B movie. It was made twice, and I think they both could be considered B movies, and that's The Blob. Okay. So you had the original, which was in the 50s, and The Blob is this big gelatin. I don't even know if you'd call it a creature. It was an alien in the, in the original that came from space killed people. Then you had it remade in the 80s yes. and the blob this time around was like a um, it was like an experimentation that just kind of came to life. And the one in the 50s is more what I consider a creature feature. Mm-hmm. You know, a driving creature feature. Yeah, it oh, like it's... Midnight it, movies, things like that. Yeah, I think it definitely defined the drive-in theater experience, the first blob. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those movies you kind of... If you, I mean, if you're as old as us and you think about drive-ins, like this and like Plan 9 from Outer Space, those kind of movies, like that really sort of set the tone. Yes. Um, but uh, I've seen both, and I, I do like both, but I like the, the, <laughs> the 80s blob a little bit better, and I don't know if maybe because it's more modern. Um, mm-hmm. But I, uh, I, I did like it, and it had... Um, uh, I can't Matt not, Matt Dillon's brother, and I can't Kevin Dillon. Kevin, Kevin Dillon, he was in it. Uh, I think he was pretty much the only per- person I know that was in that movie. But I, I liked I liked it a lot, and and it, it's I think they're both worth checking out. And it really kind of depends if you want to watch an alien movie or if you want to watch like a science experiment gone wrong kind of thing. It, you really could pick or choose which one. They're not that similar. And so. that's the difference too. When you see the creature feature drive-in movie thing, they were really based off of alien type of things. Well, because in the... you get into the 
B-movies, 70s, 80s, it was science experiments. Well, the reason why, because in the, in the 50s, the big thing of the 50s was the space race. Everyone wanted to go to the moon. So that was like a big thing. And then and space was so um, mysterious at the time. It's still mysterious, but at the time, no one... I mean, we haven't been off Earth, off Earth at that point. So... Exactly. Everyone's thought thinking about aliens, so that you had a shit ton of movies about aliens in the fifties and UFOs and all that shit. If you look at the fifties, a lot of movies at drive-ins were alien movies. That War of the Worlds. Oh yeah. So I like that one. Thank you. Alright, I got I got ten in this this I guess you could say good subcategory. <laughs> Alright. What's that? I said good lord. <laughs> yeah. I, again, you when you, when you said this, a million... I have ones that I, I, I'm still thinking of writing down. Okay. Um, this one was another uh, remake, and this one had an early Sylvester Stallone in it, and that was Death Race 2000. Ah. An excellent movie. The premise is just... It's just so corny and hilarious. It makes it great to watch. Essentially what happens is that the... Uh, I believe that the government is has totalitarian control... And to almost like the gladiators back in the day where they would have these big ceremonies mm-hmm. or big festivities, whatever you want to call them, with the gladiators, essentially now it is a cross-country race. And with the cross-country race, they you, you score points for hitting pedestrians. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just it, everything about it, just the, car, the way that the cars were made up, just the uh, everything about it, it was just... It's a campy, funny movie that would borderline on, I guess maybe you could say horror because of the killing in it, but action, horror, I don't know how you would really want to go with it, but just a great movie. David Carradine is in it. It's just a great movie. Didn't they remake it with the Insane Clown Posse? <laughs> They've remade it a few times, I think. Yeah, I think they, there's a few of them out there. I don't think they call it Death Race 2000. I think it's just Death Race. Yeah, they, well, it's, it's to me, it's a remake. Mm-hmm. It's the same name. Um, You done? Yeah, with that. Yes. Okay. Uh, I actually had one. I didn't... I forgot it was remade, so I'll throw it out there. Night of the Demons. Okay. The original from 1988. Uh, group of high school kids break into a funeral parlor, have to have a party. They throw a seance. One becomes possessed, kills everybody. We all know how that story goes. Um, very low budget. It, I don't even think it got released to theaters. But over time, it became a very big Halloween classic. Where I, My aunt actually introduced me to this movie when I was a kid. Um, it's, it's pretty freaky. It, it's a freaky movie. They remade it uh, in 2009 with Eddie Furlong. Because he uh, okay. he's a big actor those days, um, and uh, it, it's uh, it's if you're looking for a good scare, this is on my list of movies to watch for Halloween. Uh, this is one that's definitely up there because it, it really it's just possession, funeral parlor, seances, all that crap. Typical formula of a horror movie, and it it definitely delivers. It's definitely not your um, average. Uh, Horror movie. I would definitely recommend it. And actually, for the eighties, it had for the eighties. Here, where I'm coming from, people. Mm-hmm. It had very good makeup slash costumes. It really did, yeah. 
characters, if you were a little kid, was scary. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that one. All right, I'm gonna go with. I gotta go down my list here. I'm gonna I'm gonna crank out two quick ones. You go, girl. They're 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 not great movies as the remake, but the original ones are are very good. Well, the first one is the second one, maybe not so much. But Rollerball mm. had uh, I believe James Caan in it. A good movie to watch. It's an actiony movie, but definitely low budget B movie. The costumes, everything about it, and then the original Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. I've only seen I've only seen bits and pieces of that, but it is very. It's definitely low budget, but every. That was definitely uh, that was in the eighties, correct? Like eighty seven, eighty eight. Yes. Yeah. Correct. And you could kind of throw that into the um, the comic book movies that were attempted to be made, but didn't have the budget or anything like that. And out of all of them, because you had uh, you had Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. which I don't think ever really got off the ground. It, it finding that is almost extremely hard to find. Yeah. Um, this was probably the biggest one out of those comic book ones, and for I Marvel, think if you yeah, had more attention to detail. You could have maybe had comic book movies twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think that they they kind of dropped the the ball with that, not the roller ball, but the regular. Uh, so I'm gonna play off to the Punisher because I actually had Fantastic Four on my list, the original Fantastic right. Four. Now the funny, I remember watching a video very early in the '90s and. Back then, when you rented a movie, they had previews at the beginning of the tape. And I don't even know what movie I was watching, but Fantastic... There was a trailer for this Fantastic Four movie, and I was very into comics in the early 90s. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this to come out. And then it never came out. Um, And I don't think it saw the light of day for like 20 years or something like that. I think you can probably look around online and find it, because it never was released. But it was just very campy... Um, Thing was in this big rubber suit. <laughs> um, yes. And also the original Captain America movie. Yes. Where he had rubber ears. <laughs> yeah, it was... That one. It's funny, I mean, you think, I mean, DC pretty much owned comic movies. You had Superman in the 70s and you had Batman. Marvel was like light years behind, which is so funny because today it like pretty much took over movies completely, the Marvel universe. But back in the day, like their movies were awful, like terribly oh, yeah, bad, terrible. and it's just it's amazing how far they've come. It, See, they flip flop. I don't like to count Superman's in there because Superman never really kind of went off the air, if you will. You had the George Reeves, and then it went to Christopher Reeves, and like he's always kind of been in the, uh, and then Batman the same thing. Mm-hmm. They've always kind of been in the, the mainstream. The mainstream. Yeah, but what I'm saying is though is that they had big budget movies. Yes. You know, um, and it just why hasn't? I mean, there was a Spider Man. There were so many Spider Man movies that were going to be made. They it just never kind of got off the ground. For the longest time, but it's just funny that Marvel, the, the three Marvel movies that kind of came out sort of were Punisher, Captain America, and the Fantastic Four, who really aren't 
I mean, they're kind of known, but they're not known. They're not like Spider-Man or Superman or Batman. They're not that well-known. You might, if you know a little bit about comics, nowadays, everybody knows Captain America. Um, even back then, you might have known about it, but, like, it wasn't to the extreme as it is now. And I find it funny that Marvel just could not make a good, a, a good movie compared to Batman and the Superman movies. Yes. I love this movie, an action movie, but definitely a B movie on that. And it was re- remade with probably the biggest star out there right now for action movies, and it would be Walking Tall. Ah, see, I never saw the original. I saw the the Rock one. <laughs> yes, it, don't watch that. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think the I saw it in the movies. <laughs> the original is so much better. It is just it. it Everything about it, the feel of it, the where it takes place, like the settings for it, everything is so much better with the original. Mm-hmm. And it spawned, I think, three of them. And it was based off of uh, Buford Pusser. He was a sheriff, I believe, in Tennessee. And it just shows, like, it, it had everything that you would expect from an action movie back then. But again, low budget. And it was, you know, drug dealers take over a town, or a gang takes over a town, and this guy just does essentially southern justice to him and just it was a just a good movie yeah but again low budget i love so. i love movies like that where you just get a one man army who just kind of mm-hmm. comes into town and just takes justice into his own hands absolutely um we're sticking with this theme the evil dead See, I was gonna. That was gonna be my last one in there. Oh, was it? I'm sorry. The subgenre, but you can go with it. All right. I, well, we could both talk about it. Uh, directed by yeah. Sam Raimi, starred um, Bruce Campbell as Ash Camp Ash uh, Ash Williams. Um, bunch of kids go to a cabin in the woods. Some die and they come back, <laughs> and then Ash uh, loses his hand and puts a chainsaw. Or was that the second one where that happens? Uh, second one. Second one. I'm sorry. Uh, which, which is just basically bas- a bas- remake of the original. It, that oh, does that? I I don't know about you, but that that always pissed me off. It's the yeah, same like fucking movie. <laughs> there was no need for it. There really wasn't. It, there really wasn't. But it. This is um. I don't want to say it's the king of B movies, but it's definitely one of the most well known ones. Yes, and a huge cult following on it. Big cult following. It's it, it set it set that standard for like the the cabin in the woods, which has yes. been used many times over the years. Absolutely. Uh, that was followed by Army of Darkness, which I've never seen. Yes. You've never seen it. Never seen Army of Darkness. Uh, I know with his boomstick. Essentially, he gets <laughs> transported. Do you know the plot of it? Yeah, get, uh, medieval times. It goes to medieval times. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that, all, all of them good movies. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've yet to watch it. I don't know the why remake, I never. I, the remakes are the remake was not as good. No, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Because I, it didn't have Bruce in it. Yeah, there was no there was no Ash. Bruce made the movie. 
ask... He was, he was probably the most famous B-movie actor. His, I would say whole, so. His, essentially, other than Spider-Man and a few movies that have come out now and TV shows that he's been in, he was kind of the king of B-movies for yeah. a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you're, they had no... They didn't even have a... I mean, I, I'm glad they didn't include him because you can't have anyone else play that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but not having yeah, Ash... watched the TV series? Uh, I watched, like, the first two seasons, yeah. Okay. Did you watch it? Kind of picked up right where it was. Pretty much, yeah. And it was it was okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, but yeah. yeah absolutely, I, I liked it. Yeah, so... Uh, got remade. Um, didn't do well at all. And, uh... That's that. I know over time they've always talked about doing Evil Dead 4. Um, mm-hmm. it just never kind of materialized. I don't think they should. I, I kind of like where it is right Le- leave now. Leave it the way it is. They kind of finished it off with the with the series, which I think is was the right move. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna go uh, old school here again. Another a uh, drive-in type of movie that was remade, and it was not. Uh, actually, I don't want to say it wasn't good. It was entertaining, but it wasn't anything near the original. And that would be, and he was he was a great big B movie actor. Um, Vincent Price in House of Wax. Ah. I, I like the, the whole feel of it, everything that went down with it, and it originally had, I think it was his first movie, it was um, Charles Bronson's first movie. Really? Yes. Huh. And he actually didn't go by Charles Bronson, he went by his uh, his Eastern European name, I think it's, I can't even pronounce it, but that was, he was credited as that name. Interesting. I, n- I didn't know that. No. The remake is shit. <laughs> little information. What'd you say? Oh, son of a bitch. What'd you- I didn't hear what you said. What was the last thing you said? No, no, I, I was turning it over to oh, you. Oh, okay. I'm going to piggyback on yours, and I'm going to go House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vincent Price again. Um, him and his wife have a uh, like a Halloween haunted house party. Invite these guests over, and whoever can stay in the house for the entire night wins. Uh, the thing was like twenty thousand dollars. It was something. It was like some extravagant price for the fifties or six or yeah, fifties. Um, I uh, I watched this. On Halloween, many years ago, with my with like, we uh, went out to my uh, aunt's house on Long Island, my aunt and uncle's house, and all the parents went out somewhere. I don't know. So me and like my cousins all watched this together, and uh, it's it's for a movie that came out in the fifties, and especially at the time, I was probably in my early teens at this point, maybe a little younger. It like it held up to me. Yeah. And it was really good, and especially like if in the nineties. At this at this point, I, I watched so many horror movies, and the fact that I enjoyed it then, because I, I kind of consider myself desensitized to stuff like that. Um, it I thought it really held up. Okay. Did you ever see it? Yeah, I saw it a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, but yeah, definitely a good movie. Uh, again, they did the remake on it. So I guess I, I'm going to throw these two out with that to piggyback off that. And it's the uh, Last House on the Left. And Good I one. Spit on Your Grave. 
Ah, nice. You know, two just, again, it's that B-movie horror type of just maniac killer type thing going mm-hmm. on. And just really good movies that I think I've seen the uh, the new ones. Uh, I'll argue with anyone on that. So. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to spit two out here. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, and that is uh, Night of the Living Dead, the original. Original black and white one. Um, (laughs) Same thing. Kids go to like a, uh, I believe it's like a uh, farmhouse or something. Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's right. It's in Pennsylvania. And uh, the dead come alive. as a legit movie but mm-hmm. it just the budget wasn't there the release wasn't there and it turned into again when you go with Evil Dead this is right up there as a classic must watch horror Halloween-esque movie mm-hmm. so and it's just really good very good now where I'm going with this so now you had Night of the Living Dead so then the two guys that made it were um, obviously George Romero, and the other guy was uh, John Russo. Okay. These two guys had a dispute on what to do with the sequel to Night of the Living Dead. So, I'm not sure what happened, but they both split up. And doing so, George Romero was not allowed to use the term Living Dead anymore. So he went on to make Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. John Russo mm-hmm. created Return of the Living Dead, which is technically a sequel, to, just like the, the the other movies that Romero did. So he did Return of the Living Dead, which is kind of a, a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. So Return of the Living Dead and there's Return of the Living Dead 2, which is which I kind of put on my list of... Because I love Return of the Living Dead number 2. Um... It basically takes place like it's you know the dead come alive and it takes place in this small town, and the thing I always what drew me to this growing up was uh, you know there was, used to be a mom and pop video store not too far from my like down the road from my house, and every week we would go to the video store and rent movies and next to the video game section was the horror section and I remember looking at all the horror movie box cover arts and. This one always drew to me. I always loved the the artwork for the cover, the VHS cover of it. If, I don't know if you could look it up now. Like it just mm-hmm. shows like this. Uh, I don't know what it is. Some like big ghost over like this town, and it always drew me to it. And I always wanted to watch it. And then when I finally did, it kind of just it lived up to my expectations. And uh, I just it's one of my it's one of my favorite uh, movies to watch this time of year. Return of the Living Dead number two. Okay. Yep. All right, I'm going to go with another uh, horror movie that got remade. Definitely not as good as the original and had a classic character in it that everyone knows his face, Doesn't probably doesn't know anything about him, and that would be The Hills Have Eyes. Mm. A story about a, uh, 
I guess they were they were on a trip. They get their car breaks down, I believe, and they end up getting eaten by cannibals. Mm-hmm. It's this mutant family. I believe it took place in the desert where they did nuclear testing. Yeah. And this family mutated, and this is what they are. They're just a bunch of, you know, mutated, cannibalistic freaks. <laughs> I know the guy you're talking about, the bald guy, right? Mm-hmm. This doesn't sound so wrong, but I remember when I would see like the poster for that, and I remember seeing the guy on there, and I thought, I knew what it was about, but I thought the guy had Down syndrome. <laughs> no, he actually has a, I think it's a, like a neurological disease. Yeah. That, that's how he actually looks. Yeah, I know I know that's how he actually looks, but like, I, it looked like a guy with Down syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, this is, this is a fucked movie, man. <laughs> yeah. But again, one of those movies that when it originally came out, it was it was very shitty to people because they never saw anything like mm-hmm. this. And it, just a, it was a good movie. And the remake was with the military being in it, and mm. it just wasn't as good. I've seen that. Up to the way that it was. Yeah, I've seen that, and it, it was terrible. I didn't like it at all. Um so. I mean, it was remade. I mean, I don't know if it's too early to throw this one out there, but I'm gonna go with Friday the Thirteenth, okay. the original one, because if you that original one, even though it kind of the cliffhanger, you you made it, it made it seem like there's definitely gonna be a sequel to it. It almost was like a one-off. Yeah, I could see it. You know, like it kind of. I, I think I remember hearing somewhere they added the scene at the end just so there, there could be a sequel, but... Yeah, if you didn't add that scene, you could have definitely just left it as that. Yeah, and I think that's how it was just supposed to be. It was just supposed to kind of be one movie, just like, you know, April Fool's Day and uh, all those other... Uh, ch- uh, chopping Mall, that kind of thing, like these throwaway slasher movies. But this kind of came out after Halloween in 1980... Starting uh, uh, Kevin Bacon, his first role. Kids at a summer or teenagers at a summer camp being killed by a mysterious person, and uh, well, spoiler alert, <laughs> it's a uh, a mom who worked that who kid whose kid she worked at the camp, correct? Yes. Her kid drowned because uh, the people who were supposed to be watching them were fucking off because they're asshole teenagers. So Literally she, off. pretty much, yeah, and uh, she goes around killing them, mm-hmm. and uh, it spawned one of the biggest '80s franchises in horror. Yeah. Uh, definitely a good one. I, I I like that one. Yeah. You just mentioned it. I'm gonna throw these two out because they're they're campy, yet just entertaining. To me, they're just an entertaining movie. Chopping Mall. Yep. And Basket Case. Uh, I had Basket Case on here, too. Yeah, just... Uh, to me, just... Just a funny... Funny... Especially watching it now. Watching the... The, uh... Costumes and everything with that. Just... And the, the whole thing about it. Just a good... Funny movie. I, I laugh at him more than I am scared, if you will. Yeah, basket case was uh, the guy had a um, this creature in a in a basket, technically, and it killed people. 
And I think it spawned a few gotcha. sequels too. Uh, I'm not sure. It may have. I think it did. I think there's at least two of them, or maybe one. Maybe there's another one, but yeah, that's a okay. uh, that's a crazy movie. You right over there? You getting freaked out? Yep. No, no, my dog's out. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. I'm trying to see where to go next. Um, I'll throw this out there because it's sort of it's not a remake. It's just part of a franchise. That's uh, King Kong Escapes. Is this where he's a robot? He fights a robot. <laughs> he fights a robot, King Kong. Um, I if I it was made off. King Kong got remade in the 70s, where instead of climbing up the Empire State Building, he climbs up, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the the wrong, I'm thinking of the wrong movie. King Kong Escapes was, um, created by Toho. Toho got the rights to King Kong. Toho is everyone who knows any Godzilla movies, they created Godzilla, they were responsible for making all the Godzilla movies. But in the 60s, they sort of took over the King Kong franchise and made this uh, made this movie <laughs> um, where he fights a robot King Kong and like a dinosaur kind of guy. Uh, Gorosaurus, it's called. Um, it's pretty stupid. It's pretty bad. <laughs> but it, it's uh, it's if you like big monster movies... This is kind of up your alley. I really would not suggest watching this unless you just want to watch like a Godzilla esque kind of movie. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty dumb. But uh, yeah, I threw that on here because it's uh, yeah, it's just really bad. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with going with the animal theme. I guess you could say I got three movies. Two of them are remakes of or. Taking the Jaws genre, that silent killer, and going into something new, and that would be uh, Piranha mm-hmm. and Orca. I had Orca on here, but I took it off okay. because it was made with a big budget. Mm-hmm. But it bombed. But it, it it bombed big time. But it it definitely follows that. It's it's. It's not a parody, but it is because it went off a popular yes. movie and made it into its own kind of thing. Yeah. Same with Piranha. Yes. And then the other one that would be my animal movie into this in the this area would be Food of the Gods. Hmm. That was on my list also. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that there's something with the. I don't know if, if it's um, nuclear or if there's any type of. Uh, science experiment. I can't remember which one it is, but these animals become big, and it's rats. Rats. I think there was and wasps they, too. Bees. Yeah, bees. I mean, that's what it was. And they just come out and they they kill people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just and they're huge. Goodness. Yeah, they're they're originally like on an island or something. They start eating this shit, and it it, it makes them huge, and they eventually kill everyone on the island, and then they come to the mainland and start killing people there. Yeah, I think it's off of, like, British Columbia. Yeah, I think that's where it is. One of those islands. Damn Canada. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to stick with what you kind of what you just did. Basically, 
you know, Gremlins came out in 85, 84. Big time movie. So, of course, there's going to be some movies that are like it. Um, I have uh, Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2. Which are these little, like, creatures. They get, like, summoned and they kill people. Um, I have a movie on here called Hobgoblins. Yes. Um, now the first time I've ever seen this was off, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. And I suggest that's how you watch it, because if you watch it just as it is, it's kind of, it's hard to get through. But if you watch mm-hmm. it on, on, uh, MSTK, or however, wherever, Mystery Science Theater 3000, it's, um... It's very, very entertaining. Uh, basically, it's the same shit. These little creatures, these gremlin-like guys, come you know they come alive. They come from God knows where, and they they eat people. It's low-budget gremlins. <laughs> but if that if you're gonna watch either one of those, I would definitely suggest Ghoulies Two, where they attack a fair and then they summon a big ghoulie, and the big ghoulie comes out and starts eating. <laughs> It's 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 dopey as fuck, but it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. They're, I remember some of these movies are so good. They're they're so bad. They're good. I remember watching Ghoulies two on like HBO when I was a kid, and I loved it. Like I couldn't wait. I used to check TV Guide to see when it would be on again. Yeah, like that's how much I love that movie. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears a little. I got a few in my, uh, if you will, the sexploitation genre, mm-hmm. and these are just, it, it's mainly women, they can be women with a vengeance, women to get back at things, or it could just be a, an excuse to have nudity. <laughs> I mean, that's probably <laughs> the best way I could put it. Right. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw these out, uh, Slumber Party Massacre, mm-hmm. um, Hots. H-O-T-S. I never even heard of that one. Yeah, it's, uh... The girl that is in the original Halloween, the one that is with uh, the guy that they're... They go into the one girl's house to make out with her. Mm-hmm. Or go, go to make out. She's in it. Um, she was also in another movie, um, Rock and Roll High School. Uh, I think it's PJ Skulls or something like that. Well, whatever. Right. Uh, Chained Heat and A Big Dollhouse. <laughs> okay. Again, just their their movies essentially just to have, and Big Doll House and Chained Heat are a sexploitation slash um, prisonploitation movie. They, they they mix in the both, so it's just it's essentially just a reason to show nudity, but the way that they did it was in the B movie realm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not too much to talk about. It's pretty much women with vengeance showing their boobs. <laughs> nice. So. Oh, I'm sorry, and I forgot. This would probably be the quintessential one for it, and that's, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right, Isa, She-Wolf of the SS. I've, I've heard of it, never seen it. Yeah, it's a, uh, very hard to find. It's not out there a lot, and it's essentially a Nazi ploitation movie. Because you have all these ploitation movies, and a lot of these fall into maybe two two or three genres but that's where those would fall into uh alright I'm gonna kinda I don't really have that on my list but I'm gonna name one out this is probably this is one of two 
movies on my list that came out within the last 20 years. Um, and that is Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Okay. Um, basically, it's a movie that uses footage from a 1976 Hong Kong film called Tiger and Crane Fist. And uh, this, uh, he's not a comedian, I guess. Or maybe he is. Steve Odekirk, if I'm pronouncing it yeah. right. Um, he just shot footage of, like, it's almost kind of, it's like a playoff, like those Bruce Lee 70s movies kind of thing. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's a, just another one of those movies that were just so stupid, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, his tongue talks. <laughs> uh, it's just, I mean, I couldn't really even tell you what the fucking movie's about. It's just basically, he's, you know, a, a white guy from America going to Japan. Um, and he just kind of kicks ass, but it's a comedy. Um... This is a movie you need to kind of drink and watch. <laughs> but it's it's really it's really funny. I definitely suggest watching it. I know they kind of announced the sequel. They were going to do a sequel maybe a couple years ago, but I mean I haven't heard anything in years if they were going to do it. So who knows if that'll ever get off the ground, but uh it, it's it's a decent movie if you're kind of just sitting around with some friends and you want to watch some stupid watch one Pam Greer movie. <laughs> really? I don't think so. What, uh, Jackie Jackie Brown? Was that... That was like a Quentin Tarantino movie, though. That kind of got her into the, the the mainstream again. Yeah, but it was so long after she did those other movies. Yeah. Yeah, it was a huge comeback for her. Yeah. But again, her if, if you want to see a good, strong female actress... Yes. Pam Greer is it. I will. Pam Greer. She's hot stuff, Tom. <laughs> you there with me? Yep, I'm here. Oh, yeah, you're freezing up a little bit. Uh. Alright. This one is from Germany. So if you like movies with subtitles, uh, this might be up your alley. This is called Man Bites Dog. It's from 1992. Um, It's shot in black and white. And it it basically is, it's almost like a found footage kind of movie. This camera crew is following this guy around who he claims he's a serial killer. 
And at first they're kind of like, oh, this guy, this guy's fucking nuts. He's just kind of stringing us along. And they come to find out that he is not bullshitting at all. It's extremely violent, this movie. Um, I... There is a scene here that's kind of uh, kind of bad. I wouldn't... Uh, so if you're kind of very, very sensitive, I wouldn't really suggest watching this. It's, But it's, it's, it's definitely one that you should kind of check out. Um, I remember watching... So I got it off Netflix a couple years ago. And... Well, actually, longer than that. Probably 10, 15 years ago. And... I was like, wow, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe they fucking made a movie like this. Uh, but it's it's very good. I mean, again, it's in subtitles. It might not be your thing. Um, but it, it, it's something, uh, it's definitely something worth checking out. Again, if you're, like, really sensitive to certain subject matter, like uh, killing, like, uh, like kids, I, I wouldn't really recommend it, which is, you know, it's awful. Um but uh, yeah, again, if you're really, it's I, I would recommend it if you're into movies like that. Uh, Tom's taking a pee, so I'll just <laughs> I'll keep going, and I'm gonna go with Night of the Comet. Um, based uh, it's kind of like a uh, not it's not post-apocalyptic. Uh, I think a meteor com- crashes down. And these two girls are pretty much holed up in a radio station. Did you ever see Night of the Comet? No, I have not. Oh, it's it's a very it's from the eighties. It's very good. It's very good. Okay. It's it's one of those movies I'm so glad they never remade. Um And you know, they, they obviously the comet turns people into fucking zombies and whatnot, but uh Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's sorta of, it's sorta of comedy, um, sorta of horror. Sort of science fiction. It's just all rolled into one. Okay. And it actually influenced the creation of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? It did, yep. Okay. I guess uh, what you were talking about, what man might do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with another one that uh, I forget what term you used, where it was a. Uh... Found footage? found footage type of thing and that would be Cannibal Holocaust yeah I had that on my list as well I mean just a a gory graphic thing Um, supposedly in the movie they actually killed the animals in it like it was actually really done yeah they did again this movie caused a lot of controversy because they weren't sure if it was actually real (laughs) yeah the uh, the director actually got brought up on charges like he Back then, before like the internet, like he said, he told his actors and actresses, "Listen, this, when this movie comes out, you know, he had no, he had, he didn't have him for any like uh, promotion or anything like that. He's like, stay away from everything, press, whatnot. I want this to look as real as possible. It's supposed to be based on a true story or real footage." Yes. Um, and there's a there is a scene in there where this woman is impaled. Through her mouth, through her anus, like it was like a tribal woman, and they thought that this woman was really killed. Yeah. So they actually had to bring all the actors and actresses in and say, "Hey, no, this is a movie." Like you know, we, they showed how they filmed it, whatnot. Um, the animal killings were real. Uh, mm-hmm. The director actually, I, I, his name escapes me at the moment, but he actually has gone on record saying he regrets that the most. Um, I regret watching that part. Um, 
I didn't. I knew ahead of time there was a. I had. To, I watched on DVD, and there was a feature you could turn it off. But I left it on because I wanted to watch the whole experience. And it's very hard to watch those scenes. There's a. There's a scene with like a turtle. They just. just they really kind of made you think like who's the real. Who's the real enemy here? Is it? The, the you know the tribal people or is it the people who came into their world and just kind of were being fucking assholes like they came into this village they started like shooting like the, they shot like the pig they they raped the women and stuff they they killed the one woman um so it, it makes you think on like who the who are the monsters here and exactly it, and uh, it, it's if I mean it, it, again if you're really I would, I would suggest turning the animal killing part off because there is a good amount, and yes. it, it's it is hard to watch. It's brutal. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but it it kind of started up the whole. It was I think one of the first, if not the first, found footage type movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was for what it was. It's really a good movie on the thing of it being that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really makes you go like, holy shit, is this real? Like, it, it's done that well. So, I, I love the movie. Yeah, but. it's good. I, I've only watched it once, That's and that was enough for me. Because um, it's, it, it is, it's, it, it's a hard watch. Mm-hmm. It's a hard watch, but it's a, it is a good movie. And if you like that kind of genre, I would, you know, recommend it. If you if you like animals like I do, make sure you go into the options. If you're watching on DVD and take the animal killings off, you don't really need to see it because it doesn't really play too much into the plot. Um, no, it was it's I, more for shock value. Yeah, it was it, it was very unnecessary. I thought, but mm-hmm. you know, again, like it was it was a different time. Uh, okay, I'll go with this. Uh, do you know what Chud stands for, Tom? I, uh, it's on my list. I can't remember what it's the acronym is. Okay. Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. That's right. All right. Uh, I love this movie. Basically, the premise, back in the 80s, um, a newspaper article came out saying they found all these homeless people living under the city, kind of like in the sewage systems, and they had, like, this own little town. Um... And they kind of played off, you know, they took this news article and they made this movie where um, these creatures are living in the sewer due to all the, the, the sewage being dumped down there and they become these monsters. Um, I, uh, I love, this is, it had Daniel Stern in it, who became a wet bandit a couple years later. Uh-huh. Um, really good movie. Again, not a masterpiece, it's, it's, B movies at its best. I don't know. Yeah, that's really it for me. <laughs> okay. I kind of trailed off there. I apologize. No, no problem. <laughs> We're getting in the kind of my favorites now. These are these are up there as ones that I love watching. So they really kind of don't have any um, order. But I don't know how much more you have on your list. But I'm gonna throw these out. It just there's no 
subgenres. These are just kind of my top ones. Okay. And one of my a life that ended too quick. Yeah, she was a former Playboy playmate, and that was Claudia Jennings. Mm-hmm. And she was in a bunch of Bean movies, but this is my favorite one from her, and that's Gator Bait. Never seen this. Just it's just a like I said a B movie classic. Um, she's a lives in the swamp and just takes vengeance into her own hands. Just a good movie. It was just a, I can't explain it any other way. And she's probably second tier to um, Pam Greer as the B movie queen and died way too young in a car accident. But this was I think her her masterpiece, if you will. Okay. Is that so the one? I don't know who she is. This is if if you want to get into a B movie, this is a great one to kick it off with. Gator bait. Gator bait. All right, check it out, bullshitters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the stuff. Okay. Start. Uh, start. Danny Aiello's in it. The late great Danny Aiello. Mm-hmm. They find this stuff <laughs> growing out of it's like this white yogurt kind of stuff coming out of the earth they taste it they oh this this shit's pretty good so what they do they they gather it up put it in little containers and sell it on the on the shopping on the, in the in the supermarket people eat it they become addicted to it and uh it kills them <laughs> that's i mean that's really it <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent movie. I mean, it, the fact that Danny Aiello's in it is what kind of drew me to it because I'm a, I'm a fan of his. Um, but uh, it, it's, it was definitely interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to throw out Billy Jack. You're going deep. <laughs> What's that? You're going deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I would consider it to be if you had to pick something, it would be a mix between Walking Tall and Ram. All right. And it's just, it's about a guy who just, you know, I believe he was Special Forces, and he just comes out and he kicks ass. You like those kind of movies, it's huh? Just an, yeah, it's just, a, it's an action movie, but it's just, it's a low-budget action movie, and it's just really good. Not uh, much to say about it. Okay. Uh, Alright, so no B-movie list would be complete without this one. And that's The Room. Okay. I think everybody knows about The Room. Tommy Wiseau. Uh, they re- they actually made a movie about the making of The Room called um, The Disaster Artist with James Franco. Excellent movie. This movie is a fucking mess. <laughs> Have you seen this movie? No. It is just... It's meant to be serious. It is anything but. It's really just terrible acting. A plot that makes no fucking sense. Like this is again, this is a movie you really need to kind of watch like with other people just to laugh at it. It's really just terrible. But it's uh it, it's entertaining. It's really entertaining. I would suggest if you're going to watch if you haven't watched The Disaster Artist, I really recommend watching that too. Maybe watch The Room before you watch The Disaster Artist, but they're both worth checking out. Um, 
I know they they made like midnight viewings of this throughout the country a, a few times. Um, it's just it's probably considered like the worst movie of all time or one of the worst, and uh, it it definitely deserves to be that. All right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna see you on the room. And I'm gonna raise you with the worst movie of all time, and that is Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh, I thought you were gonna say another movie, but okay, yeah, Plan Nine from Outer Space is pretty bad too. <laughs> Just an Ed Wood, who is from Poughkeepsie, actually. Hmm. Not far from us. I was actually there today. I was in Poughkeepsie. Nice. And uh, it's just. It, it's just a typical Edward movie. It's cheap. It was done with a lot of old props and old actors, and it's just—it's so bad it's good. And everyone knows. It. You may have not seen it, but everyone knows Plan Nine from Outer Space as one of the worst movies ever. But it's something you have to watch. And I, I just—I I like it. So. I'm going to raise you Plan 9 from Outer Space, and I'm going to go with you another movie that's considered the worst movie of all time, and that's Troll 2. Okay. Troll 2 is a sequel to Troll, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the first one. Uh, it's about a uh, family that's uh, pursued by these, these, these vegetable goblins who want to mutate them into plants so they can eat them. And okay. it's, it's just... Absolutely awful. I can I. I don't even think I made it halfway through the movie. Just really bad. And I watched this years ago. It's something I definitely want to try watching again. Uh, I remember seeing the first one, and the first one it's like you know it's this little troll guy going around you know killing people like what else. But Troll Two just has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it just it, it makes no sense as a sequel. It's awful. It's considered. Again, like with the room and Plan Nine from Outer Space, it's up there as one of the worst movies of all time. But it's a it's a okay. cl- it's a classic B movie, and a lot of people love watching it. I thought I'm, it was gonna, awful. I've never seen it, so I'm gonna have to watch it's, it. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> the acting in it is atrocious. <laughs> that makes it even better. Yeah. I'm gonna go with one now. Uh, it's filled in black and white, and it's. I really like it. It's very gory for it being that kind of error. Clerks. And. <laughs> no. <laughs> 2000 Maniacs. Okay. Yeah. It's about this uh, these group of people that go to this town, and the town just ends up trying to kill them. <laughs> Simple as that. You know, they, it's a southern town, and that's a lot of where B-movies come from, you know, mm-hmm. like where they're set up, because at the time it was, you know, considered redneck and uneducated, and they just kind of played off that, and mm-hmm. it, adding in the uh, the homicidal maniacs for it, so just a great movie. Hmm. Excuse me, I'm lighting my cigar, it keeps going out. All right, uh, huh. Okay, I'll, I'll, I, I could have threw this out before with my ghoulies thing, but uh, Mac and Me. Ah, okay. Mac and Me um, was filmed because E.T. was so popular, so they filmed Mac and Me. Um, a little alien comes to Earth. He's friendly. He befriends a, a little boy in a wheelchair, 
and they go on a cross-country trip together <laughs> to get him, I guess to get him home I think I forget um, contains probably one of the greatest dance sequences of all time when they go to McDonald's okay. so if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna watch this movie to, uh, watch it for that Paul Rudd's favorite movie it is Paul Rudd yeah they, they <laughs> I think he goes on was it Conan and he always, yeah, he always shows the same clip of the, the kid in the wheelchair falling off the cliff. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bad movie, but you know, it's funny. I remember this movie coming out when I was a kid. So when I first seen it, I, I enjoyed it. And it's still an enjoyable movie. It's, it's you know, it's a, it's a heartfelt movie. It's very, like, warm and, and fuzzy and stuff. Um, but it's, uh, it is a parody off of, like, E.T., and it kind of belongs on this list to me. Even though it was released nationally, so. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go with my favorite black exploitation movie. There's a ton <laughs> out there, but this one's my favorite, and it, it is a playoff of Dracula, and it's Blackula. Mm. It's a black Dracula. Not too much else with it. <laughs> it's a classic <laughs> B movie. I think that's Set probably forth. the most famous black black. How do you say black exploitation movie? Yeah, I would. Black I think that's. Yeah, thank you. That's probably the most famous one, I believe. Yeah, it, it, it's one that if you're gonna get into that genre, it's one to start with. It's just, it, it's just a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's an entertaining movie for me, and it's like I said, based off of Dracula. So I, I always liked it. While you're lighting that cigar, I'll throw out another one. Mm. Um, and it's Frankenhooker. Ooh, nice. Essentially, it's about a guy, I, I believe his girlfriend dies, and he wants to bring her back, and he ends up using the parts of dead hookers. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty much... I, I, I have seen that. <laughs> it's, it's just as bad as you think it is. <laughs> yes. Again, it's so bad it's good. Um, I'll throw this out there because I, I there was no other place for it. It's definitely it's one of those movies. It's the other movie I had on list from the last twenty years. And that's Feast. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but HBO had a documentary series in the early two thousands called Project Greenlight, and I think yes. uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were the ones who kind of produced it. Basically, the premise of it is they wanted to take an up-and-coming filmmaker, or they, they held a contest, and any, like, uh, up-and-coming filmmaker who wanted to make a movie, they sent, I think they had a contest, and whoever won, they had a series, and they, they made this movie for them, and they basically made this Project Greenlight series for that movie, and I think there was a couple of seasons, and one of the seasons were about Feast, and it's, uh, it's like a, kind of like a, a I guess you can call it a monster movie. Um, all these people at a bar, all of a sudden this, uh, they get attacked by these creatures. And what I love the best about this is at the very beginning, this guy comes in, this big muscle-bound guy, and uh, a thing comes on screen, goes, and says, like, introduces him as the hero. So the people at the bar are like, who the hell are you? And this guy goes, uh, I'm the guy who's going to save your asses takes out this gun, and then gets killed. <laughs> like, right away. And then this uh, chick comes in not too long after, and she's kind of like the hero of the movie kind of thing. It's pretty dopey. They made a few of them. Um, they're not nearly as good as the first one, um, so just watch the first one. 
but uh, it, it's uh, it's entertaining to say the least. Okay. I'm gonna throw out uh, two right now. These are just they're classic B movies in the horror genre, and that's Phantasm. Ah, uh, yeah. Which spawned a, a few sequels. It's about a uh, a sphere that comes. It's got like three books on it, or daggers, if you will. Yeah. And it it goes into people's heads, and then Reanimator. Reanimator, which yeah. Which again produced a, a few uh, sequels to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, almost like Frankenhooker. But just <laughs> yeah, just they're they're not the same gory but... horror movies. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting to throw this one out because uh. Meet the Feebles. Have you ever heard of this movie or seen it? No. Okay. Written and directed by Peter Jackson. Do you know who that is? Really? Yes. Peter Jackson was a B-movie god in the 80s and the 90s. Before Lord of the Rings and all this other stuff, he had a ton of B-movies. And um, Meet the Feebles, is if you love the Muppets, this is a movie for you. It's all puppets. And they're fucked up. There's a frog who's addicted to heroin. Um, one of the main... Now, there's puppets and there's also, like, big puppets. Kind of like a, uh, you know, people in, like, puppet costumes. Like a big bird or a snuffleupagus. And one's a hippo and she's dating a walrus. But the walrus is fucking a cat behind her back. Basically, they're, they're, they're going to put on a live show later that day. So they're the whole movie is them like rehearsing for the show and all the antics that's going on um it is just fucking bizarre it's it's a movie you really gotta watch to kind of see what i mean it is on youtube i checked yesterday so if you the whole movie's on youtube so type in meet the feebles on youtube you can watch the whole thing uh my deranged ass has it on dvd (laughs) so so yeah so if you ever like to borrow it sometime tom i'll uh, i'll dig it out for you it's, All right, it's, I may have to watch it. Yeah, or you can just go on YouTube and watch it for not wait for me. But uh, it's uh, it's wor- it's really worth checking out. I would not watch it with your kids. It's not Muppets. It's it's just fucked up Muppets. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. All right, I'm I'm down to my final two. Oh, I got uh. No, I got yeah, I got two more. I got two more as well. Okay, I'm gonna throw this one out. Motel Hell. Essentially, it's about a farmer and I believe his daughter, and they end up killing people, and he wears a pig head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> totally normal. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Not much about it. It's just a. It's a again a old time B movie. Just a slat. Uh, a horror-killing B-movie. Um, so, I'll throw this... And I'm surprised you didn't say this because we talked about it the other day. Um, I know we kind of talked about Trauma. And Trauma is like a, just a B-movie company. Mm-hmm. Um, right out of New Jersey. And you really could make it your own list of Trauma movies... Yes. But I had to put this... That's a Toxic Avenger. Yeah, I figured you had it on there. That's why I wasn't going to throw it out. Yeah, I I did. um, Because I I think it's a well-known 
I mean, trauma is the Toxic Avenger. Like, I mean, you might not know anything about trauma, but you know the Toxic Avenger. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't even really need to kind of go into it because I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this episode, you probably have seen this movie. Um, but, the, I mean, it created this huge franchise. I mean, the movies weren't that great, but it, there was a cartoon uh-huh. series that I actually used to watch. I actually, the, How I found out about Toxic Avenger because I used to watch the cartoon. It's funny you say that. When we moved back into the house, I pulled out, um, you know, old boxes that mm-hmm. I had in storage, and I ended up finding a bunch of Toxic Avenger, uh, like, baseball cards. Oh, yeah? Yeah, based off of the car- cartoon. Yeah, I remember them. So, yeah, I got a few of them sitting around. Yeah, there was um, there were four movies. Uh, we actually know someone in the fourth movie. We haven't seen her in about 20 years, but a friend of Mr. X. <laughs> Really? Yeah, he, uh, that guy Doug. Oh, he was in it. Yeah, he was like one of the Nazis or something. I, ne- you know, I probably forgot it. You, but now you, that you say it, now it's starting to. You, you definitely head. known about because we have talked about it before. But right, he, I yeah. mean, I think it was now like a. I'm thinking about it. He was in like a quick kind of scene, kind of thing. But he's in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're right out of New Jersey. Right out, yeah, right out of Jersey. Which makes sense. Because it is the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> what better state to come from? Alright. I'm going to throw out mine. This is my probably my favorite B-movie. This is your ultimate might... B-movie. What's that? This is, would you consider this like your ultimate B-movie? Yes. Okay. I love this movie. It might even be in my... It's definitely in my top ten. It could even break into the top five of my favorite movies of all time. It spawned one of the classic lines, again, kind of like uh, They Live. It's a line that people say, and they probably don't know where it's from. And it essentially revolves around one of my favorite places in, in the world. And that is The Warriors. Actually, oh, I would yeah. say two lines from it that... Uh, two, Definitely two. That at the beginning and then at the end that are well-known. Yeah. You know, it's Can You Dig It? Yep. And then Warriors Come Out and Play. Yeah, I think Warriors Come Out to Play is, is more famous. Can You Dig yeah. It, I think, got, got popularized by uh, Booker T. But uh, mm-hmm. but Warriors Come Out to Play, yeah. I mean, that I've seen that line used in cartoons. I've seen it used in TV shows. Like, it's it broke through into pop culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And essentially what the plot of the movie is, is... There was a main guy. I uh, can't think of his name right now. Uh, it's, it's killing me right now. But he was the he was going to be the head of the gangs of New York. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that you know we're four times as big as the NYPD. We could run this city. As they're doing this, they're doing it up in um, up in the Bronx at a park. I forget what the name of the park was, but they're there. The gang leader ends up getting assassinated mm-hmm. and they blame this small gang based out of Coney Island the warriors. warriors for killing them. <laughs> Essentially, it's the Warriors trying to get back to Coney Island and they go through a bunch of gangs. They go through a park where um, Mercedes Rule is in it, a famous actress. Mm-hmm. She played a undercover cop in it. They go and they battle all these gangs different types of you know one um the baseball flurry furies 
that wear baseball gear. Probably the um, most famous other group in that movie, I would say. Yeah. And then there was the chick gang that you know, were all lesbians. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a radio DJ in it who is from the old Carmen San Diego show. She, she was, was the chief. Detective. She was the chief. Yeah. Yeah. You never and see her face. She, you just see her radio. lips. She's the one who's kind of giving the announcements to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it ended up in Coney Island. We see a bunch of, uh, you know, different spots that we've been to. And it brings out the classic line, Warriors come out in the play. Yep. And there's the battle at the end. And the Warriors make it home. But it's just a great movie. Fucking fantastic movie. Excellent. Great movie. I, uh, I had, I... Unfortunately, I've not watched it in many years. I, uh, you know, when I uh, started doing this list, I, I'm like, I gotta really sit down and watch that again. I, I, it's probably been about ten years since I've watched it. I actually have it on my DVR right now, and I plan to watch it with my daughters this weekend. And you know what? It's not. I mean, it's it, it's it's violent to a degree, but it's not like blood and guts. No. Um, I would, I mean, you're one, you're one kid's 11 now? Yeah. That's a good age. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a good we age to watch. Halloween. Oh, then she's, then she's, she's to- they're totally fine. That. We had him watch Die Hard. We had him watch Lethal Weapon. And all those are way more gory and I, bloody than this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's a really, really good movie. It's excellent. Hmm. Oh. Like I said, one of my... Uh, my favorite B movie, and it's probably like I said in my top five of all time favorite. Movies. Great movie and great way to end your list. Yes. So I'm gonna end my list on one of my top ten favorite movies of all time, and that is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. Um, I first watched this movie a long time, probably like the late '80s. I actually I have it on. I recorded it off HBO. And I had it on a tape with no holds barred. Really? Yeah. That's a yeah, and I used to, and that's why I used to watch both of them. Like I, like especially during the summertime when I was bored, I'd pop that in. I just watch both those movies back to back all the time. And it's funny because for years, like I always thought no one knew about that movie. And it wasn't until like I got to high school and I, uh, this one guy I knew, or we both know him. Um, he bought it up, and I'm like, you know that movie? And he's like, I love that movie. And from there, like, over the years, especially with the internet, like, I've come to find out that so many people know about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you don't know, it's pretty much self-explanatory. It's Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and they land in this town, and they uh, uh, shoot people with cotton candy guns and bring them back to their ship and do all sorts of shit. It's, uh, it's another, I mean, I wouldn't even call it, I wouldn't even call it a bad movie. It's just, it's very low budget. Like, there's one part where there's a big killer clown and you see the strings. (laughs) Um, Completely campy. Oh, it's absolutely campy, but it's so much fun. And it's a movie I've, I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched it. It's it's up there. It's definitely up in almost triple digits. I would say like that's how many times I've watched that. Oh yeah. It's um, if you haven't seen it, um, um, it's on Netflix, I believe. So I would recommend watching it. It's so it's so good. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. If you if you've taken nothing from this list, watch the last two movies we saw mm-hmm. or we talked about. And if you watch them, you will get a new appreciation for B movies and want to watch the rest on this yeah. list. But I would suggest, yeah, I would suggest watching a lot of the ones we named off because there are some good ones in there. Yes. Again, some movies you're gonna have to maybe be a little bit inebriated. I'm, I'm really tired. I'm sorry. A little mm-hmm. bit drunk to watch or whatever you do. Um, but uh, I think there's a little something for everybody on this list that we just named off. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we named about 100 movies, so <laughs> there's got to be something in there. And all of them are excellent. Yeah. There's really, I, I couldn't disagree with you on any of these movies. I mean, there's a few that I didn't see that I'm definitely going to try to check out now and find. Mm-hmm. But all the ones that we picked are, they're really good movies. It's, it's a genre that, again, don't expect too much going in, but you're going to enjoy it if that's ha- that's your mindset going into it. Yeah. If you like campy, just... if you like horror, if you like uh, Tom's black exploitation movies from the 70s, I mean, you, you, there's a there's so much to pick from. Oh, yeah. And even, like I said, where I didn't even get into a lot of them from that genre or the uh, sexploitation or the uh, prisonploitation. I mean, you could... You could really go down a rabbit hole of how good these movies can be and are. It's just, it's sad that they aren't given the credit that they are. And when you think about it, I mean, they have channels for everything out there now. Mm-hmm. You would think that's like one company would sit there and say, you know, we're going to make a B-movie channel and just play these movies all the time. Yeah. And you really, a lot of these are cult classics. They're, you know... Um, creature features, Grindhouse, however you want to look at it, they're all good movies. Absolutely. So, it, it, this was an episode that when, once you said what it was and I started writing it down, and I probably missed 50 of them on my own. Yeah, I know I, I, I know I missed some too. There's, I, I just thought of a few off the top of my head, but we're so, we're running so long, it's just not even worth mentioning them at this point because, yeah, but, uh, I honestly, I probably could have done an episode, like four or five episodes on just this genre yeah. of movies with all the subdivisions in mm-hmm. there, because I've spent hours, weeks watching all these. It's just, they're so good. Yeah. It's, it's sad that they don't get the credit that they deserve. Yeah, especially these days where they're not, I don't think they're really made as much anymore. Um but because produ- I mean production quality is so high with HD and all that stuff, like it's they can make them, but it won't be like they used to be. Yeah. You know they they you know, had they they were in a place in time, and that's where they should kind of stay. Yeah, I mean you're not gonna get the ketchup blood and the you know the obvious mannequin head rolling down the stairs type thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what made these great mm-hmm. is that they were. Again, probably a lot of struggling filmmakers or guys that couldn't make it big or didn't want to sell their soul or, you know, didn't want to be a sellout. And they made these and they they count the test of time. Absolutely. Well, if you like B-movies or if you have any suggestions, follow us on Twitter, Bull in the Ring PC, Instagram, Bull Ring PC. Check us out on Facebook under Joe Tom or Bull in the Ring PC. We're on uh, Podbean, Podcoin, Spotify, Apple... Uh, Google Podcast, Apple Music. Please hit the subscribe button under Apple Music. Rate and review us. And that is it, Tom. Yes. It's time.
sad that this episode's going. It is, but, but we're, it was one that needed to be yeah, done. We're, well, we're almost at two hours. <laughs> I yeah. think that's good. Uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. Check yeah until check next week. yeah check out those movies uh and let us know what you think. And uh, until next time, I am Joe. I'm Tom. And we'll see you right here next week on B Bulls in the Ring. <laughs> <laughs>